I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wiseman's podcast. We are going to discuss Sunderland's nil-nil draw at Lincoln. It might be a bit of a copy and paste scenario in terms of what we discussed when we played Charlton the other week. Um, but there we are. Joining myself, Stephen Gores, have to do that. It's Gareth Barker. Good evening. Evening. You're, uh... No, I was going to ask you your thoughts on the game, but I'll introduce other guests before we do that. It's all a bit rushed. Let's just slow things down. Um, Michael Love, long time since you've been with us on a, on a Monday it version, is, Mick. It is indeed. I think I'm in danger of becoming an idiot, so I thought I'd get myself on tonight and have the more serious football. <laughs> Sensible. Track. I can certainly see the logic behind your thinking uh, when it comes to that. Right, so we sat here after Charlton, nil-nil, and asked the question, should someone be given the benefit of the doubt? It was just one of those games, you know, any other day we would have we would have won comfortably, but it's Happened again, Gareth, hasn't it? Here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a frustrating one here because we've been talking about how results sort of um, eclipse a performance at this stage of the season. Um, especially after we haven't played too well in the last home games and managed to win them. And then we finally, you know, you look at we'll put in performances in the Charlton and, and and Lincoln, and we've just not managed to be able to score. I think we created more clear clear cut chances in this game um, compared to uh, the Charlton game. Um, but I mean, you can't really legislate for the opportunities that were missed, can you? In the game, that's a thing. If you if you're the manager, I mean. Some might argue, well, we could have created more chances, um, but we created at least two absolutely absolute sitters, really, in my opinion, for the Evans and the Clark chance. I was going to say, which ones are the sitters? Because I've said a lot of debate about this, what was and wasn't a sitter. Well, I mean, if the ball's squirty and unmarked 10 yards from goal and you basically just got to put the ball into the net and you hit the post. I would say that's a sitter. Yeah, and if you're so. and, and if you clean through on goal uh, on an angle about seven yards out and manage to drag the ball wide, I would say that's a sitter as well. Um, Evans has got a score. You've got to put your you've got to put your head over the ball and just put your laces. And he's just helped it on its way. He's just scuffed and, and, it, didn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, just not good. Not good at all. And there I mean, was a to lot be of, fair, uh, Evans, I know he's, he's had a bit. I know he's had a bit of stick. 
sorry, you're breaking up a bit there. I was just saying, you know, with Evans, he had a bit of stick recently for his performances, but I actually thought he played all right on Saturday in his general play. Um, but obviously the opportunity that he missed is probably the thing he's going to be remembered for in that game. So it's a shame he couldn't cap a slightly better performance with a with the goal. This is where we are, though. I say like a slightly better performance. He was okay. You know, you know, sometimes you got to do more, haven't you? Um, you know, he's not a competition winner. He is going to play some games. He's going to play all right in some games. But I mean, was was that you know going back to that? Was that the the thing that surprised everybody? Because um, Evans played, and of course Matete was on the bench. And how do people think or react to that news at the start? Mickey, what did you think? It's one of them. I can see the logic behind it. If Corey Evans delivers on the kind of performance that he was supposed to when he came in, the idea being that he was quite a competent sit there and he was like decent with the ball at his feet and stuff like that. And we saw that against Wigan when he first came in and ironically Wigan away. But I think the reality of what Evans gives you isn't that. And I think Mtete would have been like more suited to the game because we dominated possession. We had a lot of the ball. And I think he'd have made better use of it. And like kind of our chance creation would have been even higher. But I think it's a minor gripe because, as you say, Evans, he gave for me a solid kind of seven out of ten performance if you take yeah. away that chance that he missed. Yeah, let's not let's not go on and slag him off if he's if, he, if he's played all right. I guess it's just like Gareth just said there. It just seems to be when it's going against, it's going against, yeah. And uh, and that chance um, would be what he's remembered for. Two cracking saves in the game, weren't there? At both ends. Which one was the best? Nicky, as the keeper, tell us what you think as a keeper. It, it's one of them. Like, um, it's a hard to give an answer because I think that both of the saves have, give, have made sure that, the side, that their respective side came way over point. I think um, the Stuart one, it, like, as soon as it left his head, you know, like I jumped up out of each other, like, kind of like thinking it's a goal and comes out of nowhere. And I think the time that that's made in the game, it's in added time and the consequence of that goal is like, kind of far greater. So I think that that save for me, given the context, is the same mm. as the game. And it just goes to show that it kind of just wasn't our day at the weekend. We created all manner of chances. Like Gareth pointed out, you had the Evans chance, you had like Clark had a couple of really good opportunities and then Stewart, even though it's a more difficult chance, he's produced that like absolute worldly save from the keeper and it was just one of them. Like, I mean, it's a little bit strange because I was saying to you, Stephen, before we came on, um, you see kind of some of the comments on Twitter and stuff like from people who watched the game, myself included, who thought that that was a very good performance on Saturday and we were more than good value for the win. But I was speaking to some lads who were down there who said the draw wasn't necessarily unfair. And I just think that's quite an interesting dynamic. I don't know if other people's found that or I'd looked at I read the um I read some stuff from from Lincoln City fan media content and they 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 were suggesting that they thought Sunderland should have won the game and they were they were over the moon with the point saying that, you know, highlighting Roberts in particular, who um he could be key now, Gareth, couldn't he go on into the in, in this playoff campaign or, or try to you know grab a, play, a place in the playoffs because he hasn't played and this was the first game where I mean I know he's, in the last couple of games people have been commenting saying he's been quite um, encouraging his performances but this was this was all about him this game wasn't it? Yeah he was great he was sort of slightly different role wasn't it he? he was playing where he was more of like a kind of free role really wasn't it um, and he was just drifting about and Caused a lot of problems. Um, they they couldn't really cope with him. You know, he was involved in a lot of the good sort of short sort of passing moves that we, we were kind of moving the ball around them to create opportunities. Um, and 
mean, yeah, like you say, I mean, if he's if he can if he can keep that up to the end of the season, then he's going to be a, a, a real asset because in terms of chance creation, he was probably the, you know, it was him who squared the ball for Evans, wasn't it? And him who played Clark through for the, for that chance that he, that he dragged wide. So, we, we, you know, if, especially if, depend when Pritchard's going to be back. Um, But it'd be interesting to see what he does when, when Pritchard comes back, because he's then got, you know, quite a lot of options that you go to in behind if he wants to play the the three at the back. Obviously, if he wants to go back to the back four, he can put Roberts wide and um, Pritchard through the centre. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens the next couple of weeks with the break we've got to the 2nd of April, see if we can get some of those bodies back um, and see how that influences his selection, maybe. Any more shout-outs, individuals, McGee? What about Dennis Sergan? Yeah, I thought you had a, a better game again. I think um, what I liked about Saturday was he was quite keen to drive forward with the ball. He looked a little bit more kind of expansive and dynamic. And I think the general trends of his performances since Niels came in has actually been upwards. So I hope that does continue. Um, I think that I'll just a point I do want to make. Gareth kind of touched on it at the start. I think what's kind of a bit confusing at the minute is for me, I'm never one of these that says, like, oh, well, like, you've just got to find a way to win ugly because for me the correlation between performance and result often goes hand in hand so you think back to when like Phil Parkinson came in the results at the start were absolutely dire as were the performances but then as the performances picked up and we started pressing really well and we played like good attacking football the results naturally followed and then towards the end of his kind of time when the performances dipped again so did the results but with Neil it's a bit of a confusing one because you'd probably argue that um, Wiggins probably is our best overall performance, but other than that, Charlton and Lincoln have been our best games and we've come away with two points from them two games. So it's a little bit kind of concerning in a sense, but one thing I do think gives us hope going forward and hopefully we'll see the results pick up and the performances. It's like you touched on there, Stephen, the likes of Patrick Roberts and Clark kind of, I know Clark makes a couple of chances, but their overall individual performances seem to be getting better all the time. As you say, certain seems to be getting better hopefully, because Callum Doyle's had this rest, he's going to come back in and he's going to be better. He's going to be rejuvenated. And hopefully, we're going to kind of see this marriage of the individual performance and the team benefiting from that. And hopefully, that'll get us the results we need to get over the line. And they haven't had a gruelling season behind them. That's the thing with these two, Gareth, isn't it? That's the encouraging thing, which is what, oh. like, sort of <clears throat> what was tried, the point I was trying to make in a, in a nonsensical way. Maybe. They haven't, but, you know, the there's a lot of pressure on for them to deliver um, when, you know, they haven't had a lot of football, so it's a different challenge. Um, it's a bit of an unusual one, I think, for Clark when he's playing in that kind of left wing back position because he doesn't really do a lot of defending, but I think with with kind of the way the kind of setups, it's kind of like, you remember when Jack Ross used to do that lopsided kind of three at the back thing with McLaughlin as kind of the third centre-back on the right. It's kind of quite similar to that with Sergan playing from that left left kind of sided berth in the back three and then kind of almost becoming, you know, four at the back when, when they're going forward sort of thing. Um, but, I've, you know, even though we've we've been very, we could argue we've had a very attacking lineups in, in the in the last few weeks, um, I mean the the massive positive is has to be the clean sheets. I mean, 
how many clean sheets is that now? Um, is it like four in the last five games? I think we've had, um, considering we conceded the most goals in the top half of the teams in the top half of the table. So I think that's a bit that's a that's a real positive sign because you know if you can marry up the um, the defensive uh, improvement with players like Roberts and Clark coming in the room, maybe creating those chances. And don't forget Defoe as well. You know, is the, ch- the chance will come for him and he'll he'll stick it away. Um, he's not really had a, a chance laid on for him since he's been here, but he did really well to create one for himself and probably was a bit annoyed that he didn't get the contact on the shot that he wanted, even though he was about 20 yards out. Um, so, when, you know... It, it's kind of a quite a simplistic way of looking at it. If you stop conceding goals and then you better players in forward area, you start creating and scoring goals, then you're gonna win more games than 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 not. Um but it's uh it's it's big pressure because I mean a surprise the Sheffield Wednesday is sort of a bit of a bit of a dip like, given the the games that they've played. And I guess you could look you could look at the fact we we, it's good that we're still in the top six, but at the same time, we've had an opportunity there to we had an opportunity there to pull away from Sheffield Wednesday and that game and make that game in hand kind of irrelevant, and we didn't do that, so that's a bit little bit annoying, I guess. But um, Plymouth is steam steaming ahead at the moment. I watched their game the other week, and there was I think I mentioned it. There was, you know, there was quite an atmosphere. So um, the second coming for them, isn't it? Because they started yeah, like yeah. this, didn't they? And then they yeah. dropped off, and everybody thought it's inevitable they're going to fall out of the. The playoffs now, and they've and they've rediscovered it. And you know, we all know what what momentum does. What momentum does in football? We'll have, in the second part, we'll have a look to see um, who who's got um, what left in terms of fixtures. I think the clean sheets thing is relevant as well, Mick, because it this it, it doesn't feel like you know it's frustrating yet, and especially with guys saying you know, Trevor Windsor, uh, give us the opportunity to sort of try and pull away a little bit. And we haven't really taken it, but. It doesn't feel like it does when we're withdrawn games away from home, like, and we're throwing leads away, and we're winning two 0 and then drawing two two, or we're winning one 0 and then we draw one one against from these teams. I think the fact we're keeping clean sheets will be giving the squad confidence because then it does become a fact of like we're doing everything right. We just need to be a little bit more ruthless in front of goal. Yeah, I do agree with that. I think it's kind of more impressive that we're keeping the clean sheets because. On paper, if you kind of chucked up some of the um, the back the back fours or back fives that Alex Neil has since he came in you, back in January when we were top of the league, you'd have been like flabbergasted, wouldn't you? With kind of Carl Winchester playing centre half at times, and like you say, Gareth pointed out early, kind of playing like the kind of almost lopsided three at the back. And um, but what I think um, is very impressive at the minute as well, like I think Anthony Patterson's form. I mean, I remember when he first came into the team, he used to absolutely terrify me every time the ball went anywhere near our penalty area. But I think since the Wigan game, he's not really looked back. He looks a lot, fair enough, he slapped at one at the weekend. But overall, he's coming and claiming crosses. He seems to be a bit more of a commanding presence and he pulls off an absolutely outstanding save to, as I say, to make sure that we don't get beat on Saturday. And he's made some very, very good saves as well. And at the minute, like it's definitely his shirt to lose and you can't really, I don't know if Hoffman will ever play for Sunderland again. Well, you you won't be in a rush to put him back in as long as because he's you know Patterson's our player. That's 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 the bottom line. Yeah. And and you know as nice as the idea is of signing a Bayern Munich player, and you know I think Hoffman's been 
okay, relatively, mm-hmm. um, but nowhere near good enough to, you know, to really, really think you need to go after him um, because Patterson's shorter me that he, he's he's a similar standard. So but, you would but you it, would go you would go for the homegrown player, obviously, wouldn't you? In that situation, yeah, it's like you say, Stephen. If we'd signed Hoffman from kind of like. And those, let's say, we've got him on loan from like a, like a Midland Championship team. You'd be like, oh, well, fair enough. Just send them back. He's not made an impact. Just because he's got the Bayern Munich name and yeah. all that comes with it doesn't mean we'll have to stick our necks out to get him. I think he's done. I think he's done. I think he's been all right. Yeah. I think he's done well. Yeah. But I think to be like, make, make his touch on with Patterson, he's, you could argue over in terms of games played this season as an individual, he's easily the most improved player from when he entered the side to where he stands now. And, you know, he went he went out on that, had that loan, played some games, got some confidence. I know that you know, the, the vibe from Notts County was that he was, they were gutted that he um, returned to Sunderland, got his chance. And that was um, sort of when Hoffman was, got, was ill, wasn't he? And he was out. Um, and, He's been, he gets, you know, he's, he made some, I think, in terms of influence and a result positively, I, I would say that it's it was the Burton game, really, because he made two really key saves in that game when we were 1-0 down from one-on-ones, and then we got the equaliser in the last minute of injury time. So, you know, he, he's probably turned that from a 3-0 defeat into a, into a 1-1 draw, so... Um, and the you know he's maybe he's gone under the radar a little bit. Passing, I don't know. Um, in, in terms of uh, how well he's done, um, so yeah, it's, it, and it's good to see a, a player from the academy as well, homegrown player, getting his get his chance and uh, taking it. It'd be good when somebody plays just this episode back in five years when Hoffman's like Bayern Munich's number one. Huh. In the Champions League and stuff like that. I tell you, what would be quite funny if um, what people thought of the two Bayern Munich lads. If it, it might end up that um, Shaka was more in demand by the end of his mm. loan, by the end of his loan than than Hoffman, because uh, at least he offers something. He offers something different, doesn't he, Shaka? Yeah. You do yeah. think he's got the raw materials that a manager could work with as an attacking player. I thought he was given a. It was a bit harsh at the weekend because he was. He had such a good game when he came on. Um, against Crew, and then he came on on the left side this time, and um, it just didn't work for him at all. He just looked lost, kind of playing almost like a left wing back. It just didn't work. Um, and he was he was pretty poor when he came on. Didn't have the impact he had the previous week, but he could argue well. If you put us on the right, um, it might have been you know. Had a more influence because that's where he did all his best work um, uh, in the previous game. So, you know, he's just one of those players, Jack, who isn't he? Where one week he looks great and the next week he's he looks miles off it. But that's why he's here, isn't it? <laughs> like loads of these players on loan, that's why they're here. Certainly, yes. Right. Any, any, um, anything else on the game that anybody's desperate to get out before we have a little break? No, the nil wasn't, wasn't at the end of the day, right? <laughs> okay, when we come back, then we'll just have a little bit of a chat about um, what's gone on uh, 
in the in the last few days regarding Sunderland and have a look at what those other teams are doing around us. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. Right, so um, before we look at the, the teams around us and just have a little bit more of a chat about that, Ross Stewart being called in the Scotland squad. Thoughts? Good. Deserves it. Probably surprising that it wasn't a, um, he wasn't in the squad, the official squad originally. And it's just he's kind of a, an injury replacement or a pull-out replacement, whatever it might be. Um but yeah, and he deserves it. I don't think anyone, you know, the first couple of weeks that he could, if he was here the first sort of six weeks, you'd probably, you know, you could, you could see he had something about him, but he didn't know if he'd really fulfill his potential. And he's, he's since that Plymouth game, I think it was um, last year, he's, he's just got better and better. Concern he might get injured or something? There's always that worry, isn't there? Getting, well, he could, couldn't he? He could get injured in training. He, you know, you know, he can't not play football. He's a footballer. <laughs> you know, well, but, but yeah. Is that it? You're not going to add anything to it? Not really. Not really. Fair enough. Just always a concern. But I guess, like you say, there's nothing really, you know, there's always a concern for anybody who goes and plays football anywhere. So. There you go. Right. Who uh, instinctively are we, are we fearing? You, you said last week, Gareth, that you thought it was between um, us or Plymouth to make the last playoff spot, didn't you? Was that right? I did, yeah. Um, so that's um, Oxford, MK Dons, Sheffield Wednesday, the others. Yeah. Um, are we still thinking that? Wickham now, point behind Sunderland. Oxford a couple of points ahead. Plymouth have gone above Oxford now with the game in hand because initially everybody's always like comparing Sunderland and Plymouth weren't the same there's that your challenge but actually you know they're in a better position than Oxford now Plymouth what do you know if they win the game in hand on MK Dons they're only two points behind them absolutely flying aren't they yeah I mean they, they've, watching that game the other week you'd really see there was a real togetherness and a momentum about them um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they got to the playoff final, um, which obviously, because I said, I think it'll either be Plymouth or Sunderland. 
Um, obviously, doesn't bode well for us, but um, you never know, do you? I, I think that you know they've just got some. There's something there, like there's a vibrancy about them, the way they play. Um, really busy around the box, like get the ball forward, and then there's like just loads of loads of bodies around the box. Um, that's that's when I've seen them play, and I mean beating Ackman four nils. I think Ackman are pretty can be a tough. A tough side to beat, so I mean that's a pretty good result as well. Um, and they've got Cheltenham tomorrow night, I think. So quite mad how they've managed to put a uh, <coughs> managed to, in the time we've been here to get relegated, then promoted again, and put a better team together than us. Still, <laughs> in the meantime, isn't Brendan Galloway there? I don't know if he's playing at the moment. He's probably injured, but I'm sure he is. I don't know. But you, you, you were commenting on their fixtures last mm. week, saying they didn't look great, but obviously, you know, six points. Um, They're probably good I'm for just, us, I'm, aren't they? I'm just trying to see how many games it is they've won in a row now. One, two, three, four, five late games in a row they've won, and they lost to Rotherham before that. I mean, they've got. I mean, the good thing is they're playing all the teams around us. I think they've played yeah. Ipswich, well, they've got Ipswich, Oxford, yeah. MK Dons, Wigan. So they've got, Chel- they got Cheltenham, so Cheltenham this midweek, nice, as, you, yeah. as you've said, yeah. Um, which you would imagine they're going to make that six wins in a row, though you never know. You know, you, you would have uh, said it was an absolute certainty that Sheffield Wednesday were going to win their last two games um, and then they go to Ipswich the weekend and then they've got Oxford at home so there, there's two games straight away that's going to you know, tell us a lot about, about their momentum then they travel to Burton then they travel to Wickham then they have us then they go to Wigan then they play MK Don so it is they've got some tough looking games in there but they might have you know they win the next couple and they might have done enough already yeah. In terms of getting in the playoff, I guess. What's your instinct, Nick, about who's who's who are we competing with here? I know it sounds boring and cliche, but when you look at it, we've got to play Plymouth and we've got to play Oxford. If we win them two games, I'd be very surprised if we didn't end up in the playoffs. Um, I think as well, like Neil he can settle us up, like kind of you know, I think I'd be much more confident going to a big game I got with Neil in charge than I would be about Lee Johnson because I think as we saw from the Wigan game in isolated situations I think Neil can set us up really well in terms of who to worry about um, I, I do kind of take the point about Plymouth Bay could kind of pull away over the next couple of weeks especially as well because Ipswich uh, they have been defensively absolutely excellent under the new manager but also I wouldn't be surprised because if Plymouth collect a point from that game that's a really good result given the platform that they've given themselves so mm. they can kind of afford to kind of like draw a few games you know what I mean um, it's one of them because you, you think back to a few weeks ago you've written off Wickham but again they're putting some good form together my instincts would be that they won't finish in the playoffs however um, but as I said it really is down to us we've got the games against Plymouth we've got the game against Oxford we need to win them two games to kind of make sure that we get there it's that simple Oxford have a bit of a mixed bag in terms of their fixtures and yeah. um, the, you know, they, so they've got obviously Plymouth um is their is their next game actually? So they don't play the weekend as well. Oxford. I wouldn't I wouldn't be so sure about Sheffield Wednesday because I'm basing this on not a huge amount. Like I haven't done any kind of research or anything. But well, I've got the fixtures up now, so we'll we'll try and tie it all together. I've just got a little bit of a kind of theory in my mind that Sheffield Wednesday and Darren Moore but can be kind of a little bit inconsistent and streaky. And I think that's exemplified by the two fixes we've played against them. We've got battered three 0 down there, but equally we turned them over five nil. A bit Lee Johnson ish. Yeah, and there tends to be kind of periods where you listen to kind of D3, D4 and other kind of podcasts about this um, 
kind of level that we're at and you're even saying, oh, Sheffield Wednesday, the players have got, we really should be high, we really should be getting out of this division and then they'll like kind of chuck it and they'll like drop points as they have done. So I don't think they're the kind of certainties that a lot of people were maybe saying a couple of weeks ago. Mm, well, Sheffield Wednesday, um, you know, and, and, we, and we do this all the time when we're in a promotion battle or relegation battle, look at other teams' fixtures and <laughs> there's always a caveat that like football doesn't work like how you think it's going to work and nothing... Um, Nothing really um, displays that more than than the last two Sheffield Wednesday results. So Akron and Stanley, although Gav said there, they are tricky. We, we've seen that, um, haven't we, over the last few years. But drawn at home and then drawn at Gillingham uh, away. They've got Cheltenham at home at the weekend. Again, so you fancy them there. And then they followed that up at home to Wimbledon as well. So they've got two nice-looking games at home on paper. Then they go to Bolton, which we know too well. And that's another team in white hot form at the minute, isn't it? They've probably just left it too late though to get themselves involved. Bolton, but they're on some run. Um, and then they go to MK Dons. Um, they got Crew at home. Then they go to Wickham. Then they go to Fleetwood. Then they go Portsmouth at home. I don't think that's that bad. No, they don't have a bad run in. No, I, I think they'd be relatively happy with that. If it's even if they drop points at like Bolton. And MK Dons and Wickham, they're still they've got five games there. You'd, you'd, you'd fancy them in. It's it's, a, it's funny for us, isn't it? Because we, you know, all these teams have had. You know, it's always been, oh, we've got the games in hand, and now all these other teams have them. But after this weekend, it's going to be shoes going to be on the other foot again because, mm. you know, we're going to we're going to have games in hand on Plymouth, um, and Sheffield Wednesday, I think. Oh no! Wait a minute. No, I think it'll be a level game with Sheffield. We'll have a game in hand on Plymouth. So, yeah, Sheffield is still one behind us. Yeah, uh, Plymouth so, are one behind us as well. Yeah, so I'm saying, but they play Tuesday and and then yeah, Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So That's by the time right. we play again, they'll have, they'll have played forty. Yeah. We'll be on thirty nine. Right. So Oxford can't pull away because they like us. They are not playing till 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 we play next. Yeah. So we kind of like put together there. Um, yeah, so it could be I mean, a big Oxford. week. Big week for Oxford, isn't it? Plymouth and Sunderland in the space of the yeah. week. So, mm. I mean, they'll be probably looking at those two games and having an idea of... Well, mixed bag again. So, you know, they, they don't play, as I've said, that till 2nd of April, which is Plymouth, which is... I mean, that's huge. That's, you know, I'm glad we aren't playing Plymouth on, you know, at that stage, really, because you, they, they have had this time off now. Plymouth are going to have the chance to pull further away from them and then going into your next game being at Plymouth. You wouldn't fancy that, would you, at all? No. Um, then they go to Markham and then they have us. Um, then they go to Fleetwood, MK Dons at home. MK Dons are playing everyone, aren't they? Apart from us. Um, and then Rotherham well, at yeah. home as well. They finish at home at Doncaster, which isn't great for everybody else because you would imagine Doncaster uh, um, done by then. So, Probably. I mean, we've got Morgan last year, haven't we? So they might be. Yeah, well, could be relegated as well. Equally, they could be. They could have it. They could have it all yeah. for South End all over again. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wickham, who a lot of people uh, don't seem to fancy, but you know they're, they're in. They're in the mix still, and and they again as well don't play until the second of April, which is good because they don't have the opportunity then to go up above us and, and pull away. And I know it's all psychological, but you you wouldn't want to see see us fall down like eighth or ninth, would you? Um, so they've they've got Doncaster um, when they come back, and then Cambridge, and then Gillingham. Mm. So they've got a run of three games there. You, they, they, you'd you'd fancy them in. Um, then they have Plymouth, like, um, and then they have Wimbledon, 
Sheffield Wednesday and Burton. That's quite kind as well. Mm. That's quite kind as well. I, I, this is going to go the wire, this, isn't it? I think. There's, there's not one really, you know, Plymouth we're looking at and saying they've got a difficult one, but they could have done enough by the time they start getting yeah. hit by all that. I mean, MK Don, you kind of think the, the guaranteed playoffs really, you would have thought, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, I mean, well, I mean, saying that though, you know, they do seem to pop ups. You know, they have seemed to pop up again in all these games, don't you? So, like, um, they've got Sheffield Wednesday, Oxford, and Plymouth to play, but you know, they're not really. I think they, you know, fighting the same battles or something. No. I mean, the good thing, I guess, is that they've got they have got an opportunity of automatic promotion now because Rotherham have, I think, only won or haven't won for five games or something. Rotherham, so. Um, yeah, I mean, they might be looking at Rotherham going. Still four points behind Rotherham. Yeah, oh well. Mm. And Rotherham have got not... all these teams to play. Exactly. Like, yeah. There's not, it's, it's, you know, it's it's not, it's not, if if MK Duns won the next game and Rotherham drop points. Rotherham don't play until the 9th of April. Okay. Because they've got, oh, they've, got the, they've got they've got the, the uh, um, football league yeah, trophy sign so yeah there could be a lot of movement by then um, I mean by them the M- MK <sighs> Dons play um, they just play once before well there's a, there's a game against Crew that needs to be rearranged so it could be that that it could be potentially they could play two and go above them by the time rather than play again mm. if Ipswich left it too late. We'll know this weekend, won't we? I think they have. I look at Ipswich and remind me a little bit of us under like kind of Jack Ross and the running, like the draw too many games. I think to make a serious dent into the promotion kind of conversation. Favorable running, so Plymouth, obviously, you know, and and it's it's weird because it's like one of them as well. Like we thinking we want Ipswich to win that game, but then it means that they have won one of their few hard games they've got left because um, they've got Cambridge, Shrewsbury. Um, and they've got Charlton and Crew as well. They do play Wigan and Rotherham in there. So I think this is. Um, I'm not sure we've ever been in, involved in a in a in a, in a run in where where we are active, so promotional relegation. Where I'm looking and thinking this is this is just too close to call. Mm-hmm. Looking at that, looking at all those fixtures there. Because every team, you feel like every team have enough games to pick up the points they need, don't you? I think yeah. I'm talking. I'm talking myself out of us finishing the playoffs here. I think, lads. To be fair, I was always <laughs> like quite confident that we it was going to be all right. And I'm looking at all their fixtures. I'm not so sure. Well, oh, well, but you, you know, you wouldn't have thought that Sheffield Wednesday drop points where they have no, things like that. I so, I mean, you look, you look at it, and you know, the current bottom. You know the teams that are probably likely to go down from. Well, it's Redden, Redden, Barnsley, Peterborough, Derby. Three of them will be coming down, and then we're talking about all these teams now. We're in the mix of the playoffs, talking down to probably like eighth, ninth place in 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 the league, and you you kind of thinking for oh, next season. League, yeah. Every season like... we say this, you add another two or three teams. Don't you? It's, yeah. Another two or three historic teams to the mix yeah. every year, and it just and gets like, worse and worse. You just think like Portsmouth have, have got to get it right eventually. Surely, you know they aren't even. We're not even talking about them as being as a being an option of of 
of um, being in the playoffs this year. You know, you you look at Bolton are in eleventh. You know, yeah. Charlton and, uh, and, Charlton fifteenth. And, and, and Bolton, if they take this form in the next season, they're going to be yeah. fancy, don't they? You know, you got <laughs> Burton in Burton there. You know, I know like you know Burton have been in the championship recently. They're in fourteenth. You know, I just really, it's. I mean, it's a, it is tough. You know, it's it's a it's a very tough tough league to get out. Of, of was just, as we've discovered because we've not managed it yet for. for yeah, four this, years. this is. Well, he's gone. But you put on mute, Stephen. He's given side eyes. Yeah. He's, he's been talked spoken to by somebody. You're correct. Carry on, <laughs> Phil. Phil. And I'm not. I'm not Phil. I'm Gareth. Uh, what a terrible gag that was. Um, it's not my fault. Name on the podcast, Stephen, Yeah, it's it's uh, Stephen being pathetic. Um, well, you. T- what do you think, Mick? About how how uh, do you? What does your gut say? I'm going to put you on the spot because Stephen's um, messed up. So I'm going to make you answer a horrible question. What What is your gut feeling? Are we going to get into the playoffs? Yes, I know. I've still got that eternal optimist in me. Yeah, we're going to make the playoffs and that because I just think that our performances and um, results are going to marry up at some stage. And I think we'll have enough and we will kind of get the results in the individual games that matter against Oxford and against Plymouth. There you go. Hey. Well, I think, you know, it's depressed me this whole conversation. Look at what League One's going to look like next year because I think I was under the camp as well where, you know, I think a lot of Sunderland fans are now thinking. I, I, I feel like there's more resignation this year than there has been yeah. out of all of the seasons we've had where it's kind of like, you know, let's try and get in the playoffs, but it's all about next season and Alex Nail. If we don't, it's not the end of the world, which is good in a way because, like, it would be nice going into a pre-season where people, I, I would feel like, you know, unless the wheels completely come off now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but if, if we just go along like we are, we kind of just you know, miss out or, or lose in the playoffs. Yeah. And, and, I feel and, like we've done people this People do feel like, I know people feel like Neil would be the man in the summer to get it right, but then you just look at the quality of the league next year in terms of teams that are going to be in it. I mean, Dar- well, Dar- Derby, but- Derby are going to lose players, aren't they? Yeah. And probably the manager. But, you know, I mean, Wigan did. And like we were just saying there about Plymouth, it's, they've still managed to put a team together better than us mm. already. It's funny how it doesn't take other teams no. long, does it? We've been told we've got like, you know, we've got to be patient and we had six years for a team that come to fruition and stuff, even though we're the biggest club in the division, we have the best resources in the division, where all these other clubs manage to uh, get relegated, get promoted and go above us or just hover around near the bottom, put a better team together than us. So that's it's funny, a, isn't it? It's just the pressure, I think. You know, it's it's everything that goes with it. It's, there's so much pressure to be to get it right that, you know, maybe we're in danger of overthinking it. You know, the whole long-term plan thing, as we've said repeatedly, is not for this league. It's for the next one. It's it's for the championship. It's not for here. And I think maybe we've overthought ourselves. Yeah. To the At point least the managers where, on, on know, that page as well. Yeah, we've taken we've taken a risk in in our approach, and at the moment it has failed. Um, we just got to hope that somehow. We get through the playoffs, and if we if we do, you could argue that it, of all of all the seasons we've down we've been down here, apart from the the boarded season under Parkinson, you'd probably say we'd be the least deserved 
in my opinion, like promotion out of the years that we've been in. Like in in the other years where we've we've come close, I, I would say we probably deserved it more across the season. For some reason this year, I just don't feel I don't feel that way. I feel if we get out, it'll be a surprise to me rather than a, an expectation. Well, maybe you know we'd do that then. Because seems to happen to every other team apart from us. Yeah, it does, yeah. <laughs> Just accidentally getting promoted. Something they've got to win a playoff campaign. It was law of averages, surely. They broke the Wembley hoodoo last year, so now it's the time to get through the playoffs. So, <laughs> Well, we'll come back. Um, obviously, no no game to um, preview the weekend. So it's a while before we play games. So we will come back with something. Maybe we'll get some um, guests of the of the. Of the, of the Playoff rivals will get this weekend out of the way. And we've done that before in previous um, seasons of podcasts, haven't we? We'll and see. Get them to do some predictions and stuff. We'll have a chat about that, though. And, uh, we, you know, you, you, you'll find out on social media or on uh, your podcast feed. So, as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.